Hello and welcome to another episode of Film Freaks with a Z, the podcast all about movies. Each episode is about a particular movie, one particular movie, usually, uh, and we'll get to that uh, movie in a little bit. But first, I want to invite you, the listener, to join us in the fan vote. That's right. Uh, the fan vote happens uh, during Tay's episode. So if you get your movie recommendations in early enough, it'll make it on to the next vote, uh, which will be uh, probably about a month or two from now at this point. Uh, but you got time. We're always accepting more movie requests, uh, whether it be in the YouTube comments at uh, in, in, uh, in the YouTube comments on a the most recent episode of Film Freaks, or send us an email at ff.filmfreakswithaz@the at the end at gmail.com, or, of course, you can chat in the Discord, uh, in my Discord, the Ferret Nation Discord, in the movie stuff section, and also recommend movies there if you so desire. Whew. All right. Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves before we introduce the movie. I am Yemi the Duke. Am I here with Dune Waffles, Baron Tay, and Kel as Gabe? And we are also joined by a special guest today, a runner of Sci-Fi Discord and a local chatter in most Twitch chats. Who's here with us? <laughs> Hello there, General Obi Wan Kenobi. Welcome back. Welcome back, yeah. Kenobi. Thank you for having okay. me again. The live audience is applauding. Uh, you yeah. can't hear them, but they are yeah, they're applauding. They're doing the slow clap. They're just taking a while to speed up. <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, yes. I told you faster. Come on. Hurry up. <laughs> speed it up. Uh, Kenobi, what's new? How's it going since you were last on? Uh, your, the last movie you picked was Blade Runner. Uh, what's been going on since then? Oh, well, dealing with Luke, you know, sometimes. And Darth Vader. Ah, yes. <laughs> those troublemakers, those scallywags. He's a pesky one. He yeah. really is. That and Darth Vader. Since, since Qui-Gon put me in for babysitting for both Skywalkers and Yoda, oh, it's been a mess. You got a lot on your plate. I understand. I can't. I can't wait to. I can't wait to become a Force Ghost. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no problems being a Force Ghost. You don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> no, you know. Still surviving, pretty much. Well, Kenobi, um, do you have some time in your very busy Jedi life to talk about a movie with us? Of course. So um, I picked this on a specific channel, which was weird. One of the Jawas connected me, and I saw this magnificent movie. It's called Dune. So So it's the Dune Part 1. Uh, released uh, 2021 uh, so is what it's so it's been directed by Denis Villeneuve the writers are uh, John Spades Den- so Denis Villeneuve and Eric Roth uh, the cast are Timothy Chalamet Rebe- Rebecca Fer- Fer- Ferguson Zendaya Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Stavon McKinley Henderson, George Brown, and Javier Barden, and well, there's many more. Many more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of famous faces that we can see. <laughs> so what's the movie about? Well, 
Uh, it's a noble family becomes embroiled in a war for control over the galaxy's most valuable asset, while its hair, its hair, becomes troubled by visions of a dark future. So and Star Wars, but not. Mm, no, not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we nice have to make sure, make oh, sure wow. we get the Star Wars reference in early. Oh wow! I, I already hear. I, I already. I think that I, I, Kenobi's name is is enough for that. <laughs> oh wow! I, I already hear the um, the the Tatooine sunsets music from John Williams. What have you done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, Kenobi, uh, where do you want to start? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so uh, uh, so I I wrote some facts on Shivia. As always, and uh, I we gonna evaluate the movie by uh, five categories. The first one will be screenplay, uh, second will be acting, the third one will be cinematography, uh, the fourth one will be mise en scène, and the fifth one will be music and sound. I didn't know there were gonna be that many. I thought it was yeah, gonna be part one and two. <laughs> what do you mean one and two? Oh, the book's like part one and two, you know. I, I was thinking that it was just going to be Dune part one, Dune part two, and that was going to be it oh, until they like see five... how the... Uh... Yeah, so there's I know, there, I know there's five books, but yeah. I was saying, like, I didn't know that they're going to make more than just part one and part two here. Well, the reason they created part one, part two is because one of the facts that I can mention right now is because when they need enough... Uh, has been hired as a director, well, uh, is because he asked a request because the book is, is kind of a large and there's a lot of uh, stuff, details put into it. So he was asked if he can make a part one and part two. That's why. So he well, Yeah, I, I understand why they made it part one and two. I didn't know they were going to do more movies after part one and part two. I, I thought that's this where they're going to going to keep it for now until they see the reception which obviously was very good for the part one um so maybe that that that's why they greenlit more movies yeah man. yeah i mean yeah. having five parts to a series like that that might be a little rough i thought it was no 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 one. not five parts we're gonna talk about the movie Oh, in five parts. The, okay. Oh, five, in five, five parts. Five, 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 oh, okay. okay. Oh, I, th I thought you were saying there was going to be yeah, like five sequels. Same. I was I like, you, I thought you were saying that they were making a movie for each book after. Part I was like, no. Oh, dang. I, I don't know. Oh, if they, I don't. I don't know if they even Nerf wants wants to <laughs> wants to do other books. But uh, well, actually, they're not. Actually, they're not five books. They're six books. So yeah. Six yeah so I I do know the books because uh, I watched. Um, the like honest trailers, whatever, and they kind of like briefly talk about the other books, and apparently they get really weird. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, I mean, the 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 book for Dune is already pretty weird to begin with. Uh, yeah, the movie does cut back on some of the weird things that happen throughout, but um, I mean, just looking at the Baron's design, you know, that's uh, that's <laughs> he's 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 a big dude in like a spider chair. Which is um, already kind of weird, and it just gets weirder from there. But there's a lot of detail yeah. in both the movie and the book that they get pretty spot on. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really liked watching this movie again because I, I recently just finished um, 
part one of the book, which kind of ends where this movie where this movie ends. Um, and I was it was really fun kind of comparing and contrasting in my mind while watching it. And they, they did change a, a fair amount of things, but I felt like the changes were actually good. I, I, I kind of liked a lot of the things that happened in the movie better than how they happened in the book. Yeah, I wanted to ask that actually, like how the book compares to because you said last episode that you read the book and you're you just said it not and, right now. Too. Yeah, you said it right now too. <laughs> but I was gonna say like you referenced earlier that you read the book, and I was gonna ask you how it compares. So that's good. That's good that it goes along with it. Well, yeah, it goes along with it for a, a, a lot, um, but it also has to change a bunch of things just for time's sake and stuff like that. Uh, one of the scenes that I actually liked what they did and 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 changed it um, was uh, the scene where the, uh, the 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 sand crawler or whatever you want to call it it mm-hmm. breaks down and they have to evacuate. In the movie, obviously the you know the cable snap and the the you know the thing that takes it away is lost, right? Um, in the book, it's just like the thing just doesn't it just doesn't show up. And it's like that's so le- that that's much less um interesting than the thing coming in and then showing how like you know it's it's just old and you know it's it's in disrepair like it shows in the movie like hey you know the Har- you know the Harkonnens left this this equipment terribly you know it's in a terrible condition and it shows that in the book it just kind of goes ah oh, it just didn't show up we lost it somewhere I don't know <laughs> that's one of the scenes that I like the change in and there's a few other scenes that I also like how they change things. Um, one of the things that I do kind of miss is uh, there's a character in the book who is like the right hand or like a mercenary or whatever working with the Baron. He's just kind of non-existent in the movie, which is unfortunate because uh, he was a pretty big character in the book. Said <laughs> so it's oh, just Dave Bautista standing around. Yeah, it's just Dave Bautista, and he <laughs> he just doesn't like, really do much. <laughs> he's like, hey, I'm here. Don't forget about me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping he does more in the second part. I'm sure he would. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, his we'll character see. was supposed to die, so yeah, who knows yeah, what he's no. going to do? Huh, At least I think that's the same character. I thought Cause, the cause... Baron for sure was going to die, and then he was going to become the new Baron, and like he was going to be even worse, like more evil. But I guess not. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, in the book, there's um, there's this mercenary who comes in, and I think it's What's Dave Bautista's character. I can't remember at this point, um, but uh, you know he he like he he's in the room when um, the poison gas goes up, and he's the one he dies, which uh, means that someone else has to kind of step in and take over his position as like the leader of the forces or the army or whatever. Um, and that's also another interesting aspect of it's the not, book. It's uh, not what's his name, uh, Fee Ralpha. Fee mm, Ralpha. I can't remember the name. It was. It's been a while since I got through that part of the book, but. You know, I just I just remember in the in the book he was you know he was there in the throne room and he he dies and the Baron's like well fuck I guess we have to just grab a random soldier and promote him at this point and that's what he does and it's a it's an interesting section of the book or it's a it's a it's a weird character to kind of leave out you know I guess like I would have liked the scene in the movie I would have liked to see more Dave Bautista doing his thing and then die in the throne room scene and kind of be replaced for the second movie you know. Just because that would fall along with the book a little bit more. Like I said, that's the one thing be- between the book and the movie that kind of I was like, ah, I wish that they did this. Maybe that's that's so for a second second part that will be more intense and more uh, action packed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to say action packed, making it sound like part one was boring, but it was just like more going on, I guess, in the second part. Well, 
the the main question is 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 the movie faithful to the book at least oh yeah yeah i i feel uh, yeah that for sure i don't know if uh, you agree but i felt like the book and the movie can kind of shake hands and be on good terms uh I, I felt like the the book and the movie really really uh go hand in hand like i said that's good well, obviously I, I never... there's some differences but yeah it's it's a uh, it's pretty faithful yeah, I never read the book, but I've talked to my friend extensively about like you know dif- differences between the book and well, mostly the original movie. I don't think we talked about this this version, but he was just telling me about how like there's just so much details going on, like so much lore and uh, like for example, the um the guy played by Stephen Henderson, uh, he's like the the genius. He gives like people the calculations and and all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's supposed to be like this. His brain is supposed to work like a computer, to where like he just can make these complex computations like instantly. And there's just so many de- de- details like this that are just so interesting, which the movie references, but they don't really go into much detail of anything. They just kind of show, oh yeah, this exists in this world, and then they just move on. Yeah, there's probably a lot of things they had to kind of like shave down just because it's you know it's it's a movie. And people aren't going to sit through, you know, three and a half, four hours of, of Dune. Even though that would be great. Um, <laughs> but you know, a lot of exposition. I think I think what they removed from the book and like the extra things, I I mostly see that as like, yeah, they they trimmed the fat on the book. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more going on, like you said, lore wise in the book. Like it goes into detail as to what the whole, you know, the first part where you know. Um, uh, the, 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 the Paul puts his hand into that weird box thing. Like they go into more detail about why he does, you know, what's going on there, right? Um, and in the movie, they just kind of skim the surface, you know, like oh. You're, so you're why does he? Do you remember? It's some sort of like test for the um, for 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 uh, oh my god, I'm like blinking on the the lore snippets, but it, it it is a test, and they explain that like he's supposed to endure the pain, and if he removes his hand, then he's not worthy of being. Uh, whatever they, they're called. Um, so, yeah, it, it just kind of talks a little bit more about that. He has more of a rapport with the old woman, too, in the book. Like, more goes on. Um, but like I said, like, in the movie, it's still fine because you don't need all the extra dialogue. You don't need all the extra lore to kind of understand what's going on. Like, you obviously with know the, this is some sort of test, and he needs to pass it, you know? Yeah, with the with the lady from the Ben Jesuit. Right. Um, so Yami, uh, yes. since, you read, since you read the book, uh, do you know which character was changed? Uh, well, I know that the um, what's their name? The person who is like the master of the planet, who like w- looks over the planet. The ecologist. That, yeah, I know that uh, they changed that character. Yeah, they changed pretty much. They changed that character pretty much. Yeah, it was a, it was a gender swap and uh, yeah, also a little bit of a personality swap. change as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there anyone else that they drastically changed? No, no, just uh, mostly just for for the ecologist. Well, I mean, okay. the one guy doesn't play uh, an instrument in the in the movie. Um, Paul's trainer. He's so he's supposed to be a hunchback, and he's supposed to be able to play like this bagpipe type instrument really beautifully. Oh, really? <laughs> they 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 removed that unfortunately. No, there was that guy playing the bagpipe. Not, not great, but. <laughs> hey, are you talking about uh, Josh Brolin's character? I believe it is Josh Brolin. Yeah. 
But yeah, in the book, he's like a hunchback, and he's really good at his art, and he plays this this instrument. And um, I was, uh, you know, I was, I was kind of like, oh, I would, it would have been nice to hear some bagpipes uh, played by this character. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'm fine with him leaving that out. <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, um, of him just playing. Jason Momoa's character has also changed a little bit. Um, in uh, Duncan, you know, Idaho. Um, yeah, Duncan was changed a bit. Uh, mostly towards like the middle when um, the uh, you know obviously they're kind of like a little bit leery on Lady Jessica whether she's a part of like the conspiracy or whatever, um, which is not shown in the movie. Uh, there's a there's two separate hits on on uh, the Duke that doesn't go through, um, but uh, they're they're leery on 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 Lady Jessica and um, which one's Jason Lady Momoa. Jessica? What? Lady Jessica, the mom. Yes, yeah. the mom. Yes. Okay. Uh, she, she, you know, she's she, in the book. She's more like they, they're, they're, they're like, oh, we got to be careful with her. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, Jason Momoa's character is supposed to like stumble in drunk one night and and spill the beans, and that's like a whole plot point leading up to the actual assassination of the Duke. So, um, you know, that's what that's another thing that was kind of changed too. But also, Jason Momoa's character is actually pretty on point, except for they they remove that aspect of his character where he's also a drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess they just want to put him as a this strong, fearless uh, warrior, kind of a, like uh, um, I, I won't say a spy, but more like a what you call them, like a sort of like a in, not enforced, but like more knowing like they set him in a scout, like a sort of scout warrior type, I'll say. I guess yeah. they wanted the audience to like sympathize with him a bit more, like when when he died. Yeah, maybe. I I guess. I mean, they already kind of have like him and Paul have that relationship that they have in the book in the movie too. Like we're they're kind of friendly with each other, so I guess that's that's enough of an emotional gut punch when he eventually mm. dies. Yeah, I I do I do have a figurine of Duncan. Yeah, and also like the scene where Duncan is talking about um, the customs of the people who live on the planet, like uh, that's also pretty accurate, you know, with the spitting, you know, at first, like they think it's a act of, you know, um, not war, but, you know, just disrespect. And, you know, Duncan has to be like, no, 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 you know, there's, we're sharing water, you know, we're sharing our body's water. Like that was actually pretty accurate to the book as well. It's in a different era. It's, a different, it's in a different place, but it's the, it's the same dialogue pretty much. Hmm. Okay. Other than that, I can't really think of any other major differences. I mean, obviously they trimmed the fat, like I've said multiple times now. But uh, yep. you know, for the most part, the movie is pretty faithful to the uh, book. And like, does the movie leave off like very close to like the halfway point of the book? Um, the book goes on a little bit longer. Uh after part one is done, like there's actually, you know, the movie goes a little bit longer than the books part one, mm. um, but they leave off relatively at the same area. They're like there, there's some other characters you kind of follow after the whole um, part where Paul and his mother kind of get stuck under the dune and they have to escape. There's a, there's a, there's a couple more like characters you got to like catch up with un up until they get to the point where uh, the movie ends. So it's like part one point five. <laughs> <laughs> technically 
But there's still a lot of book left. I mean, I, I yesterday I looked at, you know, uh, not yesterday, Friday, um, I looked at how many pages I have left in the book, and I still got a pretty big, meaty chunk left. Um, it is a very, very long book, but it is very interesting. If you like sci-fi and stuff like that, I mean, it's, it's very detailed. It, it's a very good read. Uh, it's a little bit tough of a read, but, you know, there there's a lot to like in the book, too. Why is it tough? Just all the terminology and stuff like that, you know. I still can't pronounce Benny Gersett correctly. You know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's it's said so often in the book, and I stumble over it every single time I'm reading it in my head. It's it it can get a bit tough at times. Right, understandable. Benny Gersett, words are hard, you know. Words yeah, well, especially are words hard. that they make up for the book. Ben just reads. So, Kenobi, what's the next uh, topic of discussion? Uh, we're going to talk about the screenplay of the movie. Oh, best part. The best part. How's it been written? How's the script being developed? The dialogues. Visually, visually, this movie was phenomenal. Like, this by far was probably the best part of the movie. It's visually great. Like, cinematography, phenomenal. Matches every element of to, of the movie. I think that that was the best part. Actually, that yeah, belongs to cinematography. Yeah, I That's mean it. the the yeah. movie looks great. The the um, the, like you said, the cinematography is fantastic. I like how a lot of the scenes are are framed, and uh, the CG is also really well done in the movie. Like, I, you know, in yeah. in ten <laughs> yeah, years, yeah. I don't think we're going to be looking back and going, "Oh, that aged poorly." I think it's I think it's really top notch. I mean, I know it's a twenty twenty one movie, but you know, still like. They're they're ahead of their time, even for well, like a twenty twenty one movie. It seems like it is. It is. It is still beautifully written. The fact that, uh, well, you know, it's 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 pretty common. You don't have to talk a lot just to understand uh, what's going on. Just by just by looking and understanding like what's what's happening, you already know. Like, yep, it's pretty cool. I see yeah. what's going on. And, and the music <laughs> plays a big part in that too. Like the swelling soundtrack and uh the orchestral movements like everything kind of combines along with you know the dialogue and the visuals and stuff like that it all combines into like a really really beautiful movie you know um I, I think it's one of the best looking movies of 2021 and i think it did win a couple oscars um i don't remember it, it exactly won a lot. Uh, it, it won a uh, lot <laughs> six six oscars yeah a lot of nominations so. too uh, one hundred one one hundred sixty eight wins and uh, two hundred eighty one nominations in total. Yeah, That's crazy. So. They not. definitely got the funding for however many movies they want to do in the future. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like if you're adapting a movie from a book, especially a book this complex, it could go like either way. It could be like a complete disaster, probably like how the eighties Dune was. But for the, for the writing on this one, I think it's just like very, very good, very, uh, very tight. And yeah, well, they, just, they did a really good job. Well, you have to be you have to be a fan to to, to love how, what you what you're doing, and that's why uh, which is a fair fact because Denis Villeneuve was is a fan of of the Dune series. When he was a teen, he read the book, and he was, and he's this uh, long dream, actually long standing dream, to actually to make it happen. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, and eventually the company and and the Frank Frank Herbert's son Ryan, 
said that Villeneuve has a green goal, he's got to do it. Yeah, that '80s movie. I, I've never seen it, but it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty poorly received on Letterboxd. Um, it's just I think it's I think the main difference is you know obviously the the time you know '80s is much it's pretty long ago at this point. But you're also trying to have this whole like thousand page book shrunk down into like a three hour movie. And I think that's why this Dune, you know, part one is going to it's going it's gonna to be it, it, obviously it was much better received. And I think it's going to do a much better job of telling the story than that 80s movie, because it, it just ha- it has the time and it, ha- it, it, it and I think they cut down uh, the best way that they could. Uh, between the book and the movie, so that I yeah I have I have more faith that part two is going to be even better, uh, but part one is still phenomenal. It is phenomenal. I get big like Lord of the Rings five like with the comparison of the book to the movie, kind of like how that's going to go. I think that's what you're kind of hint- hinting at, I guess. Well, <laughs> but that, that's a whole different <laughs> conversation. But yeah, that's I mean, but, I mean I'm, well, but just for uh, a comparison though. I I, 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 yeah. There's a lot of stuff that they cut out of the books from Lord of the Rings, yeah. the whole trilogy. I think they cut more than they um, they should have because there's a bunch yeah. of characters who just don't show up. But and they um, also change a lot of stuff uh, in the movie down in the book in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the the movies are still like all across the board five out of fives. But if you read the books compared to the movies, it's a completely different experience. It is a completely with different Dune experience. though. Come just to bring it back around. You could read the book. You can watch the movie. Have a very similar experience. Yeah, you're pretty cool. much in the same in the same wavelength. Right. Exactly. No, that's that's gonna be quite the accomplishment if you think about it. Yeah. Think about how many books turned into movies have gone wrong, and yeah. this one <laughs> somehow does it perfectly. I'm sure there's people who are like, oh, but they didn't do this. Like, okay, fine, you know, whatever. Yeah. Sure, there's a couple things that they might not have done that you want specifically, but as a whole, I think the movie does a, a, a great job of adapting the the original work. Yeah, I like. I don't see. It. I like. I don't, I don't see the problem, my bro. I'm like, come on, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, and and I mean, just to say, like, I watched the movie before reading the book, and the movie actually made me want to read the book. So. You know, I got like the whole collection set of the. Well, I got like Dune book one, two, and three from a local bookstore, uh, and nice. so it, it, it. You know, a lot of people, you know, they read the book, then they wanted to see the movie. Me, I kind of reversed that. I saw the movie, and I was like, "This is so good! I want to read the book, and learn more about the universe." <laughs> well, some stuff, some stuff, I got spoiled from the lore before a little bit i was oh, yeah <laughs> yeah because because um because dune is um uh, the universe inspired so many other like fictional words like uh star wars warhammer for the k and there's some stuff when i read it in the forums i was like ah okay okay you know, so already people people writing the forums. I'm like, okay, so I don't know. I'm like, I, I I guess I guess at some point I'm I have to get the Dune books. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, de- you gotta yeah. you gotta now. And and, and 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 a funny thing, somebody wrote in one of the article. Uh, not I'm not sure it's an article, but it's just like one of notion. I'm like, Warhammer 40k. Where's Warhammer 40k? So I'm like, it's Dune meets Starship Starship Troopers. I'm like. What? Really? <laughs> well, that, that, that makes sense, though. It really does. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know Dune inspired, like, it's not really a race, but a race of um, 
Desert Nomads for the Will of Time series. Like, oh. yeah, there you just like watching this last night. I was like, okay, yeah, I can definitely see this <laughs> where, um, where the IL came from in Will of Time. Yeah, the Wheel of Time. Did you say Wheel of Time? Wheel of Time, yes. Ah, oh, yeah, the the fantasy, uh, the fantasy. Yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I I heard a lot of great stuff about the books, about the TV show, not so much. TV show, the, the sh Amazon one is is was really good until like the very last episode where they made some choices that were like, wait, what? <laughs> but no, we'll see. I see. I seen it, but people still complain it, and I'm like, I'm not sure I'm gonna. Find it. I'm, I'm sure I'm well, gonna go watch this. People complain just because people are complaining about everything. Well, well, anyways, yeah. <laughs> people are complaining because, oh my gosh, it's like a society run by women. How can that be? Oh jeez, uh, it's yeah. pretty much. It's pretty much is, That's yeah. But if you read the books, yeah. But you know, I think people just. That's that's what, that's the problem we were talking before about the I mean Kawas talked about uh, how how uh, Kawas and uh, really about how the books are comparing to the movies and how we make them that people have to get uh, so they can be made beautifully you know and and the most of the part is always like this it's either hit or a miss you know and if it's a miss it's too bad that's it it's like who's gonna take it back you know you can't redo it anymore yeah. unless you reboot it in some way from another company is going to take it but you know how many times it's going to take i mean we're probably not going to live long enough to see before uh, before we're going to see another movie of i don't know uh what what, what you know the movies that screw up pretty much yeah i, I don't think <laughs> we're going to be seeing a food fight you know 20 25 anytime soon yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah no, but that's that's what that's what i mean so it's basically basically a hit or a miss and some so for me so and taken from uh dune which is like an amazing science fiction novel and the lore is very amazing and so when and uh so when we see the movie and we know from perspective so people that know from perspective from the book they're like, oh, this is great. This is what we wanted, pretty much. This is what mm -hmm. we wanted. This is what I asked. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think Dune is going to kind of go down in history as, um, you know, uh, uh, sort of like the Lord of the Rings has, has gone down in history now. Is, uh, it's, I think this movie is going to inspire a lot of younger generation to get interested into sci-fi, um, especially if part two comes out and it's just as good as part one. Um, I think we'll be seeing like a modern classic here uh, before our eyes. And, you know, exactly. Yeah, it's also a modern uh, space opera as well, you know, and I, you know, obviously you and I both really love Star Wars. I'm sure there's other people in the chat who also love Star Wars as well, but exactly. um, that's one of those movies that like kickstarted my interest into sci-fi back when I was, you know, seven, eight years old. Uh, I got the box set for, for Christmas of the original trilogy. And, and from there, it's, it's all the rest is history. So I think the same thing is going to kind of possibly happen with this movie. I know it's not as action packed as like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, but it's definitely an important movie, and I think it's going to be one that inspires another generation, honestly. For sure. Well, I know when I started it, like, I was kind of like, I don't want to start this. It's two and a half hours long. Um, and I was just like, I'm not really in the mood. But finally, I was like, I got to watch this. Um, and within, like, the first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, okay, no, I'm good now. I'm good. I'm, I want to watch this. 
yeah, it doesn't take long for the movie to get interesting, you know? Yeah. Like, they, they start you off, and there's, like, all these really crazy visuals of ships flying and stuff like that, and... You know, uh, the, the the old lady comes out of the ship with like the everyone has like those pope hats on and all that <laughs> stuff. And you're immediately like in, in, immediately enthralled with like the just the world that they've built. And yeah, it's it's crazy. It, you know, when, I, I wish I could watch this movie for the first time again, because I mean, my mouth was <laughs> dropped throughout like the whole thing. You know, I do like <laughs> their ship designs um, like the ship. Yeah. Oh, they're not yeah, like yeah, you the know, firefly designs. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> or, not, not firefly, just I mean, their I'm other ships. Like, I just like their design where, like, I mean, I'm used to seeing, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars type ships, and these are very different from that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely aren't, they aren't like anything that I've seen before. Yeah. But I especially love the dragonfly design of the, you know, the smaller ships. I think they're just, like, so freaking cool. Yeah, and as people have a... done more research than me and i'm just going to regurgitate well, what they said uh the design is actually perfect for the desert environment of of the planet because um if you had a helicopter rotators they would get eaten up real well, quickly by the sand hmm. actually for the vehicle designs and all that it's been already made um from the games actually they already made this in the games like in the dune games uh, pretty much like the 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 first dune rts or uh, from like the 90s uh, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Either way, they're uh, very unique designs. Yeah. Either way, they're they're very unique. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the game, but... uh, I played the the new Dune game. There's a game preview on Game Pass. Oh, how was yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was pretty it? good. It's like it's like a combination of like Command and Conquer and Civilization, kind of. It's uh, kind of weird. Yeah. You're talking mm. about the Sp- Spice Wars. Spice Wars, yeah. Uh, it was actually pretty interesting. Um, it's in early access still, I believe. So I don't want to like fully dive into it until it's fully released. But so far, I liked what I played. Awesome. Yeah, they have five factions there. Yeah, I'm just checking right on. Yeah, they have five factions. Yeah, like when when I was watching the movie, I was like, I had that game in mind because uh, I did play it, you know, a little bit when I was much younger, and I felt like I wanted to play it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you but gotta, you know. Yeah, this, everything about this movie just look visually so cool. Like every sh- every scene, every shot, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. like beautifully directed and shot. And um, yeah, just visually very interesting, very enthralling. I'm glad I, very happy that I saw this in theaters. Yeah, I oh wish yeah, that would be seen it in IMAX. Yeah. yeah, that would have been a difference maker. Yeah, seen in theaters. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, it was it, this movie released kind of during the pandemic, and I was, I yeah. was like, ah, because even the pandemic. Even yeah, like the sound, yeah. like the sounds of the movies and the scenes was even fucking phenomenal as well. Yeah, the sound design, audio design, all really good. I, I can I can imagine an IMAX studio just vibrating with the soundtrack and the vehicles mm-hmm. going yep. across the screen. Yeah, actually, speaking about the games, uh, I don't know if you know, but they're going to make a open world action survival MMO game. Ooh, I think really? I did hear about that, yeah. It's called Doom the Awakened. Yeah, it's yeah, going to be yeah, set yeah. on planet Arrakis, which, uh, which obviously, are, yeah, <laughs> it's which the center are, of the universe. <laughs> exactly, it's a it's a lovely planet where all the spice comes from. Because you know, you know the saying, huh? Those who control the spice controls the whole galaxy, oh, or the yeah. universe. Was it universe or galaxy? I, I think, think it's universe. Yeah, the, the universe. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, obviously, 
the book goes into maybe a little bit more detail, but um, I mean, do you guys think that uh, they they chose House Atreides to take over the the planet uh, because they wanted them to be destroyed by the Harkonnens? That's what they implied, isn't it? Like yeah. The, uh... I mean, the Emperor's even helping Harkonnens, which that was one thing I was kind of like, okay, but like, why? Why don't you just kill them? <laughs> like, why don't take the planet? I don't know. It kind of made no. sense, but at the same time, I was like. Well, I mean, they can't they can't openly side with with someone and then destroy. Yeah, they, 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 they have to use a little bit of finesse, you know, and then politics they, of the galaxy. Yeah. They can't they can't do that because the mention in the book because if Emperor goes against a great major house, other houses will know this and they might go against the Emperor. Yeah. So that's even that's what they said. If you if you remember that part when the the ecologists um uh dr keynes right dr keynes keynes that yeah, dr keynes yeah, that's right what she said even like what's happening and it's pretty much just said uh, you guys been you just you guys came here to set sentence on death pretty much pretty much yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but little the emperor knew, knew about uh <laughs> about poetry just <laughs> about yeah, what they... oh the they, in in the book, they obviously make it more of a point that House Atreides comes and they try to make the planet a better place to work at. You know, um, in the movie, I think they do an okay job at that, but they don't go as far as I would like. Like, obviously, they save the people in the sand, uh, the spice crawler, you know, uh, and that's a big part of the movie. But, um, you know, in the book, like, you know, he's like, you know, the Duke is going around and he's trying to make things better. You know, the palm trees that are in the courtyard or whatever, he he has them. He, he wants to take them out, you know, because they're wasting water, you know, and stuff like that. Um, so the book paints him in even a even better light than what he is in the movie already. Um, and I do wish that they kind of had maybe gone a little bit farther in the movie and like, you know, showing like, oh, he really wants to make this place a better place, you know. Yeah. So he basically wants to like change like kind of a the culture, the culture. OK, yeah. Well, yeah, because what... the Harkonnens they 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 rule the planet with an iron fist. Like they don't exactly, yeah. they don't take anything. They overwork their staff, you know, all that kind of thing. You know, they're wasting water on these palm trees, and they and they and and like because they they show it off to like the 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 village outside to just show how powerful they are. They can waste water, right? Uh, in the book, they also have like this greenhouse that can be seen from the from the city as well. You know, that has like all this greenery and stuff in it. It's like it's its own like little natural habitat in there, you know. So they definitely, like the Harkonnens were definitely like bad, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's them, you know. They go with brutal and cunning, and uh, it's like, it's like if they, they don't stand the value of life pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fact that, like, the, the way the movie opens, you know, you see the. I don't remember what they're called now. The Zene or whatever. Um, the what? The Felon. No, I don't, what oh, are the, the same people called? Freeman. The Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, Freeman. Freeman. <laughs> you, see, you see them like attacking them. Um, all the, the Harkins. So it's like, okay, so even these guys don't like the Harkins. Yeah. Actually, the the intro that the intro prologue they were talking, it was pretty deep. James and messages from the deep. <laughs> Uh, you know what I mean? Like basically, like that's like basically what the talking is was from from the perspective of the Fremen. It was the Fremen talking about the, themselves and how the Harkonnen pretty much how they were brutal and how they were to get get out. You know? Yeah. Hmm. And, and and they were also curious, like 
<laughs> and they were just gone one day. Like, what gives? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, the movie also shows us as well. Like a trade, you know, House Atreus is uh, Atreides <laughs> is very smart in, in wanting to recruit the Freeman to help them as well. That's one of the yeah. first things that they do in the movie and in the book is they you know they send people to you know find out about who they are and what they're up to and they want to side with them because they're the people of the planet and, and that also shows how more uh, how how much of a better or you know house that Atreides was rather than the Harkonnens. Yeah, the well, one thing I couldn't like totally understand is why why exactly like the the emperor chose to like side with the Harkonnen. That's because like, he hated. He was afraid the our our tray whatever. Yeah, I understand. They said uh, that no. they they feared House Atreides' power. Yeah, well, because they were yeah, because everyone liked them because they were actually nice and good people. <laughs> yeah. But for them to side with the Harkonnen, like to what end? Like, and and now the Harkonnen is going to control, you know, the other planet. Well, obviously, there's some dirty dealings going on in the background because the Harkonnen um, they've controlled the spice for a very long time at this point. Exactly, um, and I, I think that the emperor, the emperors knew that you know taking the seafaring family and putting them in the desert is all one that's going to be a big detriment, and then two, the Harkonnens are going to be angry that they that their planet was taken from them. They're going to want revenge even harder, uh, and the yeah they they knew that the the house would be would fall very easily. Yeah, so, I mean, it so, was basically a death sentence to send them. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a stage coup uh, already prepared by the emperor, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I and I think the duke knew that, um, you know, in, in yeah. his dialogue and stuff like that, and just how he acts, like he knows, like he's on a limited time, um, and he's hoping he's hoping that the emperor reconsiders if he shows him that he's able to keep up production and stuff like that. But obviously, that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, he says like one point, he's like, "This is sooner than I thought it was going to be." Yeah. It, 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 it's called Game of Thrones, baby. It's called Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, I never heard about the Red Wedding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, uh, did you know that Game of Thrones was a little inspired by Doom, but just by some facts of that stuff? It seems like oh, Doom spiderwebs out yeah. a lot. Like, uh-huh, yeah. well, I mean, Doom was written when exactly? Like 65, in the sixties. Yeah, nineteen sixty-five. And yeah, it's incredible it, that it stood the test of time. Like even the source material in the book, like, I mean, there's so many themes that still resonate with today, you know. Um, and I, that kind of also goes into how well received the movie was. Is that like it? You know, even even though they're using you know pages from a '60s novel, it still hits home in in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think like the the strong suit of the. Um... The stories is like you know playing into the the human elements like these interactions and uh, these thrones and these are things that you know no matter how much time passes these these things are gonna stand the test of time. So it's just like they're just worried about you know telling a very interesting story about like this power struggle, and I think that's why it, you know it works so well even this this many years later. Very much. Was there a topic that we still needed to talk about, Kenobi? Uh, well, let's see. You guys talk about. Uh, I know we action. jumped around a little bit. So. Yeah, you yeah. jumped a little bit. Uh, action. Let's go. Action. Oh, the action. Yeah, the acting, acting, the actors. Oh, acting. acting. Okay, okay, okay. 
yeah, I, I mean, I'll start us off, I guess. Um, <laughs> acting, amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not phenomenal. one character who I would say is is bad. Um, everyone just puts on their best performance. Uh, and uh, Timothy Chalamet, is that how you pronounce his name? Timothy <laughs> Chalamet, yeah. Yeah, he does, he does an excellent job. Um, and for how young he is, he's already has a really great um, cinema, you know, uh, line of, of movies behind him. Like, he did such a great job. I recognized him because he's he's in the French Dispatch. Uh, I recognize him from that, and then he's also in Lady Bird. Okay, like I knew he'd been in other stuff. I just couldn't remember. I don't know, and I've never seen either of those. So, well, you know, French Dispatch is a five out of five movie for me. So you might want to check that one out. (laughs) Okay, French Dispatch. That's what he called. Yes, it's by Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um. I guess I go next. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the acting is very amazing. Uh, I really love the way how uh, it's been made. Everyone's, uh, we can see like what their type of characters, who is a little bit different, uh, how is the mother was aware reacting, how is the father was reacting. I'm talking about the Atreides family, of course. Uh, how the Conan was shown brutally, like Dave Batista has a cruel guy. <laughs> Damn, you don't want to mess with him over there. <laughs> Especially that scene. Um, when they captured in the in the big plateau uh, the the soldier traders and he just looked over and then starts like hitting like trying to like, chop them off you know it's like oh right. that's brutal that's yeah. brutal you know like that's what that's what they show that's like I love like this is a amazing and uh, of course uh, one of my favorite act one of my favorite it was of course uh, Jason Momoa because like the way I perform and um, the way how was like show, you know, like he's going, he, like he was friendly and everything that like you said. Um, uh, so yeah, I felt like I the role was, was made for him too. Like it, I, it fit his care, it fit his personality as like a, just a normal human being pretty perfectly, you know. Well, you know, because Jason Moore was also playing like this, um, this warrior type vibe always. I mean, yeah. you go back to Stargate Atlantis or you're going back to Conan Barbarian, he was just playing this type, you know. So for him playing this this uh, this this role was perfect. It was like it was made for him. Yeah, back yeah, it was made 60s, for him. It was all the way back in the sixties. This mo- this role was made for him, literally. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who was playing the Lady Jessica, she did an amazing job. Like she, we could see she was she had like emotions for for her son, like and everything, you know. Uh, Oscar. Oscar Isaac was playing the Duke was amazing. Also, like yeah. we can see, we can see that we can see that uh, he was also like a different character compared to to the mother and son, and he knew what what he was trying to do, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can go wrong. I can go wrong with Oscar Oscar Isaac because I see him in a lot of movies, and uh, most of the movies he does a fantastic job. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, then we have Stellan Skarsgård, who's playing the Baron. Oh, the, he killed it as Baron, bro. He yes. killed it as Baron. Oh, bro, <laughs> yeah. he's killed it. The, 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 I was the, wishing for more Baron, you know? Like, I want more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The nephew, yeah. Dave Batista as the nephew is probably the, the, not necessarily the weakest acting, just, he just doesn't do anything. Yeah, yeah he's that's... Not, what, he's not in the movie too much, either. No, yeah. he's not. He just pretty Which much is, asks... He just asking those questions like, uh, "What's next? 
Well, hit Drax. Next. He's pretty much playing yeah. Drax again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, I mean, I thought the Baron's performance in this was really, really good. Um, and that's another thing that I liked in the in the movie more than a book is like in that scene at the dinner table where you know um, he's talking to the Duke and the Duke's about to bite down on his tooth. Like the book kind of stumbles at that part, kind of fumbles it. They you know they they make the Baron seem a little bit more foolish than he than he should be. Um, he's like repeating lines and he's like trying to have bigger emphasis on things. And like, there's a scene where he kills um, the doctor and he says the same line twice in the book. And he's like, Oh, you ruined my moment by dying. And it's like, okay. In the movie, he's much more threatening and he's much more threat. He's not as much of a buffoon in the movie as he is in the, in the book, which I liked. I liked that change of character because it makes him more threatening. Um, He's also a yeah. thick ash boy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't get. Uh, why do people? Why? I mean, it's, it's a trope. I swear, in like movies and books, the characters always trusting the bad, horrible person who's torturing their loved ones. It's like don't, don't trust them. Yeah, <laughs> I. It's it's pretty much the same way in the book where like you know, um, um, Doctor Yu knows like. He, he, he kind of has it in his mind that he's like, oh, well, my wife is probably already dead, but I'm going to do this anyways just in case, you know. Uh, and it's kind of the same way in the book. And I love that line that the Duke gives right before uh, he's about to die. And he's like, you know, now, you know, meet your wife in hell or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just such a, it's a such a powerful line in the movie and in the book itself. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why he would trust the, the Harkonnens either, but um, I mean – if, if there's any chance that he could have saved his wife, that was obviously the biggest um, the biggest thing to him. And uh, they, they knew it. So they knew I they had like, the end. Well, I feel like, yeah, they, he has said that they're, like, pulling her apart like a doll. So just imagining, like, the unimaginable, unimaginable torture that they must be putting her through. I think at that point, he just he knew they were just both going to die, and he just wanted to put an end to the torture, I guess. Yeah, you can also tell that he knew that his wife was probably most likely dead because he was the one who put the tooth inside the Duke's uh, mouth uh, with the, with the gas, the, the noxious gas, yeah. the poisonous gas. Um, the poison. So he, he knew that he probably was, he probably wasn't going to be the one to, to kill the Duke, but he was uh, not the Duke, uh, the Baron, but he was hoping that the Duke would be able to take out the Baron with the, with the tooth. If, you know, if, uh, if he was wrong, the doctor put, yeah, like, well, the doctor should just put the tooth in his mouth. <laughs> well, I think that he knew that the Baron would get close to the Duke to try and like rub it in his face that he won, but he wasn't yeah. going to do that with the with the lackey, you know, with yeah. the uh, with the well, turncoat, he, you know. I mean, he yeah. did get close though. He did, yeah, he got relatively he should, close. He just should have had one in there just in case. Just in case, yeah. Well, uh, would have been more likely that they might have discovered that the tooth was in the mouth if if they both had one, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he put it because he knew that he might approach more to the duke um, than to the doctor because he might kill the doctor easily, so he's not going to approach him much closer compared to he's going to approach to the duke because the duke was already all weakened, you know. Yeah. Like we see in the scene, like he was trying to talk and everything, you know, like, and it's like, what? What are you trying to say? You know, and like bam, and that was a powerful poisonous moment. Everybody in the room was like oh, choking, yeah. and everybody felt like I'm like shit. I was like, damn. Yeah, everyone in there really sold the performance too. Like, it wasn't just like a oh, I'm falling over. No, it was like an actual like pain on their faces, dying. Exactly. You know. 
Yeah, and it's amazing that uh, the Baron was able to survive, even though he was like the closest one to the gas when it went off. Yeah, I think he still had his... Uh, one, he was able to get away quickly, and the gas didn't spread. Uh, but two, he also probably had his shield on um, in the meeting. Yeah. Mm, the well, he did have... He made a point of showing the shield... Turning the shield on. Yeah. Um, so you see it flash red and as he's backing away. And then, you know, he used his hover spine to fly up to get above the poison. Right, yeah. So yeah, he still got wounded, and he obviously—that's you know, why he was in the mud later, right? For healing liquid, the tar pit. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the hewing of mud. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of my favorite scenes uh, in the movie is um when Paul and Jessica are in the chopper, and well, not chopper, but you know the the vehicle, and they're being transported into the middle of the desert, pretty much to they get killed. The doctor. Yeah, I, I I really like that sequence, um, and also it's another it's another scene where I I think that the the movie does it better, <laughs> you know, in the book it's mm-hmm. a little bit muddled with how it all conspires. They get, there's a there's it's a really tough reading part where you're not sure exactly who is doing what for some reason. It's not really that clear, but in the movie it's like, you know, Paul steps up, he and his mother escape. It's a I, I love that scene in the movie and um leading into the the scene where they're like they have, they have to survive underground in the in the dune as well I, you know I I think both those scenes are, are really well done I also like the little gadgets that they get to throughout the movie you know the the, the little insect thing that drills through the duke shield is pretty cool to watch the thing that like blasted the sand out from the tent to so that they could get out of the dune uh, the the, oh, the, yeah. the the desert was pretty cool, you know. There's a lot of really cool like little gadgets that they they use in the movie too that I really like. Yeah, it has a lot of like really cool uh, gadget design, yeah. Just everything about like the world building and set design, the costume design, everything was like just really cool, really interesting visually. Visually, indeed. Anybody else, greedy? Yeah. Is there anything uh, anyone else wants to bring up? Uh... Any Pretty negatives? Simple. Any negatives? I would say a negative is the pacing of the movie. I think uh, the movie was a little too long for my liking. Yeah, it did. It seemed no, to drag not a long, bit. I, not long, but it's just like it. Movie slowed down here and there. Yeah, I definitely felt the runtime, especially like towards the end. I was like, how much? So how much longer is this gonna be? Um, like not like horrible, um, not like some of the movies we've watched before, but <laughs> yeah, there are some slowdown bit. sections that I could feel. But you know, there there's so many, like there's so many sections that also flew by really quickly for me too. That um, even on a second watch, that I was like, oh wow, I, I didn't on the mm-hmm. second watch. I I think I felt the runtime less because I was. I was more interested in comparing the movie to the book. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, usually, yeah, the second time. You, I, I feel like you don't necessarily feel like the runtime as much just because you know where it ends. Um, my first time, you know, I don't know where it's going to end. So it's like, so do I have like another 15 minutes, another hour or. Yeah. Well, like I swear I I've been watching there, there this two s- and a half. There are some slower times throughout the movie for sure. Um, uh, but I, I mean, this time around, I, I really didn't mind it. I know the first time I watched the movie, that was one of my complaints too, where I was like, Oh Yeah. There's some there's some parts of this movie that really drag, but I guess I'm just more into the the lore now, and I, I kind of like those scenes a lot because yeah. you know, I just do. <laughs> I don't know. The one scene, 
yeah, the one scene towards the end um, where he has to fight and um, fight the the Freeman guy, and like he's had visions. That, he kept having these visions that he was supposed to die, but I don't. Then like yeah, he ends up killing the guy. Well, yeah, the the visions actually helped him in the end because um, instead of have like I I, I want to say like the visions. Uh, offer some sort of like alternate universe look into the to it you know into his life um mm-hmm. because he was able to kind of learn his you know the other guy's moves and counteract them because of his visions you know because in the visions he's shown being trained by that guy and you know they're kind of like friends in this vision um but yeah. obviously in the real in the real world uh they weren't friends and he had to you know use his visions to help him defeat the freeman Okay. Yeah, the so it was the same him... guy. I thought it was maybe a different guy that we no, would yeah, see same guy, later same on. Guy. No, it was some guy. Yeah. yeah, and the vision this the also helped him save save himself like when they were like in the middle of sandstorm. You know, like learning to you know go with the flow of the sandstorm instead of like fighting against it, and you know that helped him survive. Right. Yeah. yeah he was he was able to learn from these visions and help them survive for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Well, for me, the vision showed me that he has to be a different person, pretty much. Yeah, he has to be it's, one with the sand. Exactly, yeah. and, and and he has to accept it, and that's what we saw in the end. When you remember, the mother said, "Oh, you must you must have like uh, rescue ships." I was like, "No, we 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 stay here, we stay, we stay on the sand." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought the visions were maybe from the future, and like, you know, he was. Well, that's what you're led like, to believe on a first yeah. watch is, oh, this, this is future stuff that's going to be happening, but no, it's actually. I want to. I I I think that it's some sort of alternate timeline that he's seen um, because of the effects of the spice. Gotcha. Man, yeah, they could have made that a little more clear, but I guess well, it's they kind want, of they wanted to kind of keep you in the dark. Yeah, for for the most part. And when things do start changing, then you go, oh, okay. So, you know, because when they originally show the one guy and him training, like you, like who's this? Who's this random dude? Like I've never seen this dude before. You know. And then well, uh, I figured he'd meet him once he joined up with the Freeman. Right, and then they kind of, you know, your expectations get flipped on 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 itself because oh, okay, I guess they don't become friends. They, he just dies. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty amazing. Which is weird because in the alternate universe they still fought. He got stabbed, but then right survived. there, there must have been some sort of similar confrontation down the line or something like that mm-hmm. yeah and also he, he pretty much it also could have been multiple different timelines yeah. too sorry can i huh. cut you off um yeah well plus he dies over there because he he, he he's a pretty great fighter but uh he doesn't expect how to fight as a freeman you know because because remember duncan said uh, they're pretty great fighters, and even Paul said to Duncan, "You admire them." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so you know, when you're fighting against a, a, a strong uh, warrior, you can never know what's gonna happen. You know, it's like in a, any kind of battle situations it can happen. That's why. Um. Let's see. Well, I guess we talked about cinematography. What about uh, mise en scène, like special effects, makeup, costumes? Oh, love yeah. the soundtrack in this. Yeah, we kind of already gone over that. Um, yeah, all, yeah. All all points phenomenal, you know. <laughs> yeah, all yeah. points phenomenal. 
Okay. What about uh, music and sound? That's the last part. Well, soundtrack. I mean, we, we already went over that. Too. Yeah, we already went over that too. Yeah, the, the yeah. soundtrack fits perfectly with the visuals of the movie. You know, um, exactly, I yeah. love the the droning and the you know the it just it it feels it kind of feels like Space Odyssey. You know, two thousand one, a Space Odyssey in that way, where it's just a very grandiose score, a very grandiose musical mm-hmm. soundtrack, and the visuals match that that tone that it's going for. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's like all very epic. Well, that's 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 uh, that's normal because if you know who's the composer, is um, uh, he really he really likes also the movie, and uh, the composer was Hans Zimmer, and Hans Zimmer, yeah, he he, he loved the movie. He he even um, he even declined the offer. That's a fact, actually. He even declined the offer from Christopher for Christopher Nolan when they did uh, Tenet. Wow. Yeah, so he just went for the score for Dune, and it was amazing. Actually, I was like, <laughs> "Wow, okay." Surprisingly, uh, shot well. Surprisingly, nice known. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. <laughs> yeah, because like the 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 soundtrack for for Ten, it was just like so different than you know any uh, all of his other movies. Let's talk about Sunworms. We didn't talk about Sunworms. What should think think about Sunworms? How 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 the special effect was done for Sunworms and. Uh, Mm. The sandworms. Um, I mean, we didn't. Get, we don't see them a whole lot, which is probably good. Like, you definitely get the feel of their size. Um, like, because you know, we watched when we watched Beetlejuice. I think you mentioned Yemi that like those were originally the sandworms, and that were supposed to be used for Dune. Ah, uh, that wasn't me, but that makes sense. That's <laughs> <laughs> when you said it. Oh well, but either way, whoever said. But yeah, so I'm like. I'm glad we got these sandworms versus just like a little thin like like you feel the size on these ones and if you see them if you saw them like popping out of the ground and they were you know just long and thin you're just oh well why are they a threat but when yeah. the fact that they can eat a whole sand crawler I or spice show. crawler or whatever let's call them this one it's they're they're done really well, although I feel like anytime they eat a, a ship like that, you know, it's like, doesn't that hurt them? It casts us indigestion, probably. Yeah. Don't yeah. You, don't, haven't, haven't you played Gears of War 2? Worm, giant worms can eat anything and get sustenance. <laughs> <Yeah. from it. laughs> I see. Um, but yeah, I did find it weird that um, the last, well, not the last worm we saw, I guess, but the one worm we see um, about to eat um, Paul. Instead of doing what they've always done, like come from underneath and eat them, they, it actually like comes out of the ground and just chases him. Which I was like, that's a little weird. But maybe it was just because the rocks were nearby and you couldn't get underneath. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, and I just wish sense. that scene had been too dark, like so dark that you really couldn't see anything. Fun fact: I didn't notice that the uh, scenes were dark. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Can you me? No, no. Yeah. Uh, fun fact about the sunworms: they spend a lot of time on the sunworms. You know that it took him. It took him a year designing the sunworms, and they wanted something that felt like prehistoric and influenced by the whales. Actually, are you sure it wasn't influenced by tremors? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, tremors were influenced by Dune, so 
don't please don't don't start debating. It's it's a big circle. <laughs> it's it's all a big circle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's let's not go there. Um, I also, I want to bring another fun fact: is that uh, they brought uh, a linguist, uh, David G. Peterson, uh, who worked in Game of Thrones, who did the the languages for uh, the Thraki and Valyrian for the Fremen language. Okay, a linguist, yeah. Yeah, linguist, which is pretty freaking amazing, I have to say. I don't, I don't even know that myself. Well, yeah, they they put a lot of work and time into making it feel as authentic as they could, and you got to respect yeah. that. Yeah, very and, detailed. Yeah, yeah, very detailed. Uh, so, uh, who said it, that uh, about the the Baron was like large and everything? Was it you, Yami? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah it was Yami that mentioned yeah. the Baron. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was Yami. Well, that's because. Uh, there's a fun fact. Stellan Skarsgård, the actor who was playing it, they put seven hours just to put that Rhino in human form, pretty much. Seven hours on everything. Damn. Seven yeah, hours. of makeup. Every every day he was shooting. Every day wow. he was shooting. I was like, that's a lot of time. Yeah, that's a hell of <laughs> a lot insane. Of time. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, it, they made the Baron look good. So, you know... That, I guess, I guess uh, the the extra makeup time was worth it. That's the point, and that's what we needed. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. A lot of this movie was practical effects too. Like obviously, there was a lot of CG and and stuff like that, but there was a good amount of practical stuff done too, which which was nice. Yeah. I, I want to go to favorite scenes, but I guess there's a lot of favorite scenes. <laughs> I already mentioned my favorite scene. If someone else wants to wants to say theirs. Um. Anybody else? I just really enjoyed seeing the the um the dragonfly ships. Just like any scene involving those ships, it's just I found it just like really cool. Um, when the uh actually the one of my favorite shots is after after the three ships went in to rescue like all the workers, and uh, Timothy, yeah, yeah, from the crawler, and like. Timothy was like the last one to get in, and um, Josh Brolin is like holding him by the hand, and you know Timothy's like in his knees, and the the ship is like kind of flying around the sand ship, and you see this aerial shot, like downward shot, of the the ship being swallowed up with them in the in the foreground, kind of like just holding holding onto each other. I thought that was like a very cool shot. Yeah, I also like that the sandworms. I mean, relate to that shot. Um, like as right before they like come and attack, it kind of like almost liquefies you know the sand put so much air through it that yeah. people can't move so their their target can't escape i thought that was a very cool and like practical like animal design where it's like yeah that makes sense it's cool it's cool for uh, yeah Oh man, for me it was sad when the the ecologist says I have to go another. I, I know my way, and, um, and when those elite soldiers catches up, but she puts the she puts the thumper, and uh, and they don't know that she puts a thumper, but just to keep hearing boom, 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 and you see far away the sunworm the sunworm was going towards to the south, and and we see that has soon. Those soldiers, as soon they kill her, and after like a few seconds, the sand is changing, and we see they get eaten up by the sandworm. Yeah. 
That was sad. That was sad for a college, I have to tell you. That was sad. It was. Yeah, it was surprising, but too. At least she took those three soldiers down with her. <laughs> yeah, the three out of a million Harkonnen soldiers, yeah. Yeah, well, those yeah. were the Emperor ones. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. That's why I said the lit ones, the lit ones. They're pretty much the lit soldiers. Yeah, yeah somehow... That, that scene surprised me. You know, I wasn't expecting her to die there. Um, so when she got stabbed in, like, the back or the side or whatever, like, I was... That was a little bit startling the first time I watched it. The second time I knew it was, hap- was going to happen, but... That first time yeah, it took me off guard. Yeah, the same time, that's, that's, that's what happened to me, too. I was like, what? <laughs> But you gotta admit, Duncan was a bad, bad fighter. He he took those elites a lot, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was really well choreographed too. Like exactly. him fighting those uh, elite soldiers. Like I really loved the choreography there, and he does a, he did a great job of. Well, they did a great job of like, you know, he was he was good at fighting them, but he also was making mistakes. You know, as you do against a group of enemies. So it was more realistic than him just like killing every single soldier and never getting hit. You know. <laughs> That's right. Um, Greeny, we didn't hear your favorite scene. Yeah. I do really enjoy that fight scene and the ending fight scene. But as I said earlier in the movie, you know, just like every scene was visually, like, beautiful and, like, the sound was beautiful. I mean, I really can't just point out one scene, you know? Okay. No, no, no. sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with okay. It was hard to pull it. It was hard to put because everything was beautifully made. Everything was beautifully made. Just like the, like I said, you know, cinematography just matches everything in the movie, and really well done. All right, are we ready to move on to our final thoughts and rating? Well, I think uh, so. Sure. Yeah, I am. All right, Kenobi, start us off, please. Uh, my rating. Are we going out of ten or out of five? It's out of five. Out of five. Okay. I mean, so, you can go to ten if you want. Huh? <laughs> uh, uh, sure. I mean, technically, it's out of ten since we have point fives. That's true. Yeah, That's true. That's true. So I guess it can go out of ten. So for me, it's gonna be nine out of ten. So that'd be a four point uh, five yeah. on our normal yeah. scale. Four point five. Yeah, yeah four point five out of five. Give us your uh, reasoning for it. Um. Well, the reason why I put it like this, uh, it's it was it's like it's not that I expected more, but like would you say it was a little bit slow pace, but it was but it, but it was normal, you know, from from a from a big book, from a large book, but. Uh, 400 pages, you know, you cannot put everything adapted to it, you know. But uh, so far, every scene was amazing. Um, so, so I actually missing. Um, so I don't like. Maybe they're gonna put in part two, I, because because I don't know what happened to the Josh Brown character. I'm pretty sure he's dead, and we saw him everything, like you know. But I was like oh, wondering. He, he disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He disappeared. It, and I, yeah, in, in the book, uh, he's like stuck inside of a cave. So it's possible in part two they'll reveal that like him and a couple troops are still trapped in a cave or something. Oh, interesting. Spoilers alert. Mm-hmm. Spoilers alert. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, you said you wanted to know. Uh, sure, thank you. 
sort of thing. I can well, rewind I, the tape. He didn't, he didn't no, no, really no, want right. to know. <laughs> okay, let's hope, let, Okay, let's think of this. If he if if he gets stuck in a cave, that'll be wonderful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's I always want to see more more of him. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. And what else? Um. Well, I guess because I'm kind of tired of prophecy thing you know like the whole thing is a prophecy i'm just getting tired you know because you know yeah. since you're star wars fan like the prophecies like this the prophecies i'm like give me a break yes <laughs> and, <laughs> no i like i don't mind if they put this in the story you know but i'm just a little bit it, it sounds uh um how, how can i say it what's the word i'm looking for it's a uh, like uh the same monument you know when you're talking about a hero goes on the journey and defeats the guy evil, I mean, you know? Yeah, it's very similar. Uh, I mean, there's so many books and, you know, stories that it's like, oh, it's a prophecy that said this, the prophecy said that. And exactly. it, usually ends, it usually ends up being, it's just like, oh no, we need a we need a white guy to come save us. Exactly. But you know, at the same point, I understand. And since it's a it's an amazing book and the way how it's written, with uh, different uh, details of each uh, section of development, how can I say it goes wrong? I mean, I, maybe if the second part comes in and wanna, I'll see it, how it's going to happen, if I'm not going to finish the book, because if I buy the book and I finish it, I'm probably going to know. <laughs> hmm. uh, or just, that's right. Yeah, because I heard a lot of stuff like, uh sometimes people say like finish this before you read the book because if you fi finish the book you read this you, uh, you might have a different outcome after that you know so anyways i mean i could put maybe 10 of 10 but let's say 10 of 10 is going to be with a little star you know like this little star no it's too late you already said 4.5 out of 5. shut the hell that's your score shut 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 <laughs> I'm afraid Callus is right. 4.5 out of 5 was your... Which is fine. That's, that's a good score. It's a great score, yeah. Alright. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I think everyone here already knows my rating for it, but I'll go through my little spiel. Um, I think this is like the perfect modern space opera. Uh, it does everything so well. Um, visually, uh, acting... Um, effects, you know, music. I mean, it just it does it all. It has it all. Um, yeah, sure, it, it does slow down a little bit here and there, but, you know, going through and rewatching it, like, yeah, my first watch, I was feeling it, but my second watch, I was really, really into it and really invested in it. And, um, you know, maybe it's just because I read the book or whatever. I don't know, but uh, I have improved it from a 4.5 to a 5. Point, uh, a 5 out of 5 for me personally um, on this watch. So. Uh, I think that it's a it's a really good movie, and uh, it's one of my favorite sci-fi flicks now. Did you put? Did you say four point five out of five? Well, I said five. I said it, oh, I improved said from a four point five. Improved. I ah, on my ah. first watch it was a four point five, but on, on this watch it's a five now. Ah, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um. Yeah. Going off of what Yummy said, no, everything was visually like beautiful. Uh, storyline of was phenomenal yeah the story was a little slow paced and it took a while to you know get it going but 
you know, it draws you back into it. It doesn't take long, you know, for the movie to tell you its politics and, like, you know, how everything works out and how the planets are and all this and that and this. So, but it does have a little bit of a slow pace that, you know, I would, like, you know, see improve a little bit better in the second movie or the second part. I think the second part will be really interesting, and I'll be really excited to, you know, going here on out to see, like, you know, the trailer and the build-up to the second part. I think the second part, I'm very interested in it right now. Um, the acting was phenomenal. Acting was great. There's, like Yemi said, there was not one character where, you know, you could point out and say, yeah, that kind of, you know, threw, threw the movie off for me. Not at all in this movie, so that's good. That's always a win. Uh, the sound, phenomenal. Uh, I wish I saw this in theaters. I think it would be awesome in theaters. Like, just having, you know, just the the minor, you know, the rumbles and, like, the ships leaving and the ships approaching, you know, that kind of sound. So, you know, I think that would be phenomenal to hear in theaters. Um, overall, um, the pacing, like I said, you know, kind of draws me out a little bit. But I'm going to give it a four out of five. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm on the same um, page. I think here. Um, I think it is a really great movie. Um, definitely like a modern or the new like modern sci-fi like movie. You know. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing more universe or like more stories just in this universe than necessarily. I guess I guess outside of Dune. Around the planet, um, maybe there's no, nothing good. So, but overall, I really enjoyed it. The music was great. The acting was great. Everything, um, like I said, the story was a little um, kind of uh, like the whole white savior kind of thing going on, which is, I guess, when this movie came out, wasn't necessarily as big of a trope as it is now. So it's maybe the only thing... I can, you know, I can defend it for. Um, but overall, I like, I really loved it. It was great. Um, and I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. All right. Well, I also thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, it was my uh, second time watching it. First time was in theaters. And I was, you know, I was actually looking forward to it just because I remember just how visually stunning it was and I would just wanted to re-experience it. It's it's a very immersive movie for me. Like even though there's like so much deep lore that I don't know that I don't understand that's like going on in the background. It's I find all that super interesting and I'm like that's something about the movie that like really pulls me in. But, you know, that being said, I wouldn't put it like as one of my favorite movies of all time. Because, yeah, like you guys said, it's a little bit slower paced. And I am I would be very interested to see how I feel about this movie after watching part two. Like, after I understand much more. And, or, or if I were to, like, read the books. Like, if I would feel differently. But for now, I am going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Okay. Seems like we're all yeah. pretty much in the same area. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Except yeah. um, I'm waving my hands and using my Jedi mind trick. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think really? it's gonna work this time. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you did it for Blade Runner. Not gonna do it here. We were already we we're callous, 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 
Callus, our minds still, have we, become stronger since then. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, I wasn't. I wasn't here for you know when we did Blade Runner. So my vote. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which that's shows why, why you all would have yeah, thought the same as me if you hit if if Kenobi hadn't been here. <laughs> so all right. You can't get a scan. Oh. Or yeah. me for the How first do you know? Time. Maybe in the future they'll be able to do it again. But yeah. right now we're all we're all strong-willed. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with Callus that after you know after seeing the second one, I might revisit. You know, my my score might change for this one. Might go up. I'll wait and see. Yeah. Well, is there is it, there any word on when the second one comes out? Or uh, uh, November well, of twenty twenty three. Oh, okay, it's not bad. Well, they're yeah. also going to be a TV show. Of course there is. Well, of course, Christopher yeah. Walken's going to be in part two, so you know it's going to be really? fantastic. Yeah, that's going to be a six out of five for me. Well, maybe after I watch part two, two times, my whole vote will be different. Maybe yeah. it will become 10-10 on both of them. Maybe. Yeah. But the reason no, because the reason I ask is also I feel like Dave Bautista's a as actor also should be played a little bit more. Like... Uh, I like, think I think we had enough Dave Bautista. Like yeah, if there was yeah. more of him in the movie, I think my the acting thing would be like, oh, there was one performance. No, because yeah. he plays, like the scenes that he's in, like he does fine, but he's just playing Drax, except without the, you know, funny. That's that's lines. that's that's the point. That's the point. But I, I feel like there's more to the Dave Bautista's character than just playing a, a, well, a strong we'll probably dude, have you know? more so in the second movie. Um, We'll just have to see because you know part one. I mean, this was obviously a huge like setup movie for part two. Exactly. Yeah. So you know that we'll probably see more of every character in the second movie. Um, but like I said, I I mean I I'm I'm fine with how much we saw Dave Bautista. You know, it's it's the Saving Private Ryan thing. You know, because uh, um, Vin Diesel wasn't Saving Private Ryan. A lot of people forget because he's only in like five minutes of the movie. But those five minutes where he's in that movie is painful because he's so bad in the movie. <laughs> wow, he got he got. <laughs> He got shot by a sniper. Yeah, he got shot by a sniper. Thank goodness he's out. <laughs> I, that's, uh, you know, Saving Private Ryan used to be one of my favorite movies, and I rewatched it like a couple of years ago. And he, Vin Diesel, literally single-handedly drags that movie down from like a five to a four point five. Like his just ten-minute segment is just so bad. He doesn't look the he doesn't look the character. He doesn't talk like a uh, you know a, a he's just he's just he's bad. He's very bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I like. I, I look. I like. I like him in you know in um in Riddick. Okay, you know the Riddick movies are great, but stay away from my World War Two era historical movie. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow, you're so mean. I mean, you're so mean. Ah, he's a millionaire. What does he care? What I have to say? He can. He can handle yeah. it. Speaking of favorite movies of all time, um, Callus recently suggested one of his favorite movies of all time, which was Crimson Tide. And I thought, you know what? Instead of doing a Christmas movie, fuck Christmas, whatever. Uh, instead of doing a Christmas movie, <laughs> wow. I'm also going to pick one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, and that is The Grand Budapest Hotel from 2014, which was directed by Wes Anderson. Uh, you can, oh, you yes. can find this one on Amazon. I misread it before the podcast. You can find it on Amazon, the rent, if you want to. Oh, okay. Um, 
The synopsis is the Grand Budapest Hotel tells of a legendary concierge at a famous European hotel between the wars and his friendship with a young employee who becomes his trusted protege. Uh, the story involves the theft and recovery of a priceless Renaissance painting, the battle of an infamous family fortune, and the slow and then sudden upheavals that transformed Europe during uh, the first half of the 20th century. Um, so it's been a while since I've watched this one, but I, you know, obviously it's one of it is one of those movies that I remember very, very, very fondly. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, my, it's time for me to to watch this movie again and and see if it holds up to uh, my past thoughts on it. Um, so you can find it on Amazon, YouTube, Google Play, etc. Um, but uh, it's not on like it's not on Netflix or HBO Max or anything like that. So you will have to rent it. Oh man, I love this movie. Good I've pick. never seen it, so it'll be an interesting one to watch. Nice. Yeah, Hopefully, this is this is another movie that I, I, you know, when I was when I was younger, I gave it a five. So we'll see if it holds up. I don't want to put too many expectations into people's heads, but. Um, it was a very fun movie. And, um, you know, I love Wes Anderson's style. As you know, I've rated the French Dispatch 5 out of 5, and this one has a very similar style of, like, quick, snappy edits and and, and good and funny yeah. dialogue along with some serious parts. So I'm very excited to, to re- revisit this, and hopefully on this watch it'll solidify its place as uh, one of my favorite movies, you know? All right. Um, so if you don't want to be... Um, spoiled or if you want to join the conversation for the grand budapest hotel uh make sure you watch that before the next episode airs in two weeks in two weeks we will reconvene to talk about that movie um and also don't forget if you want to suggest movies for our vote just like kenobi has done in the past twice now uh make sure you uh you know comment on the latest episode of film freaks on youtube join the discord or just send us an email um, you know, usually people recommend another movie during during their episode. Uh, Kenobi, do you have one to recommend to us? I'm calling dibs right now for Dune Part 2, so nobody can choose it. <laughs> okay. uh, but uh, yeah, as soon as it goes to a small screen, we change it. But so for now, I'm going to Alien, Ooh. the first one from Ripley Scott. Nice. All right, I will mark All you right. down for Alien. So yeah, if you if you want to be just like Kenobi and get your film talked about eventually on the podcast, uh, make sure you do what I said, and you can show up on a future uh, a future uh, episode. Hmm? Well, anyway, um, thank you so much to Kenobi for coming on to the podcast. Always a pleasure to have you on. Um, is there anything that you want to plug or or say before we end the show? Yes. I have an important little citation to tell you. Fear is the mind killer. Damn. (laughs) Boom. Mic drop. Mic drop, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, with those words. I I just love that when they said that. I was like, damn, that was a powerful scene right there, you know, by Jessica. Yeah. And, of course, once again, if you want to join Kenobi's sci-fi Discord, I'll also leave a uh, join link for that. Um, it's a place full of sci-fi love uh, to the brim. I mean, filled to the brim with sci-fi love. I mean, sci-fi topics all over the place. Uh, so if you would think that that would be a, a fun thing to um, to join, uh, go ahead and go down to the description and click on that link. Does anyone else have anything they want to say before we end the show? You know, just the usual. Be yeah, sure to clean does. your ass. 
<laughs> of course, gotcha. Always, yeah. every day. All right, well, I am uh, Yemi the Duke, and I've been here with... Dune Waffles. Baron Tay. The Chosen One, Cal S. Gaib. And General Obi-Wan Kenobi. And this has been Film Freaks with a Z. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Power to the sand or something. Yeah. Desert power. Desert power. <laughs> Desert power? And may the force be with you. And, the and so with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>